0: When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. We're recognizing farms and homesteads that have been in the family for more than 100 or 150 years. I'm Charity Seebecker for the Midwest Farm Report. These families were celebrated at the Wisconsin State Fair. One farm recognized was Peggy and Mickey James. This Iowa County farm's history dates back to 1922. They share the mic and tell us more about the history of the farm.
1: Well, it was in the teens, and my great-grandpa... My great-great-grandpa actually lived across the road, had a farm. So then my great-grandpa, I'm not sure how old he was, but so in the teens, like 1915, he started renting the farm that we're on now. And he owned, or he rented for several years before he bought the first 40 acres. So that was in 20, or 1920, so 100 years for that 40. And then he added another 120 acres onto that to make it a full quarter section. That was in 26.
0: What was the original farmstead like? What were, how many buildings? What were the buildings? The size, acreage, all of those things.
1: Well, the first 40 acres, he was in the northeast quarter of the quarter, uh, had a house and and some buildings on it, but he never lived in that. Um, but he lived in the old, probably 150-year-old farmhouse in the next 40 over. So there's actually two farms at one time. Of course, a lot of them started as 40-acre farms. And, um, so those two had sets of buildings, and that old farmhouse we don't have a date on it, but you know, it made with square nails and and uh, full full-sized timbers. So we remodeled that one after we bought the farm, and we now use that. But my uncle, great uncle, lived in it for his whole life and never had running water, you know, and um, or a heat heat system other than wood stoves. So uh, we had to do some upgrades, and and now my mother-in-law lives in that house.
0: What was that original farmstead? Was it more of a dairy operation, crops, everything? Maybe just the acreage at that point. What was it?
1: The main set of buildings had an old hog house and corn crib, like a lot of them did, which is just a small like 8-by-12-foot building. And then there was a a dairy barn that had, instead of the stanchions going lengthwise in the barn, like a lot of dairy farms you you imagine do, they went crossways, and there were wooden stanchions, and they were still in there when my dad ran the farm, and he finally took those out because, of course, nobody had milked there for years. But they started with uh, milking shorthorns, and my great-grandpa first registered... um, shorthorn in 1917 i believe it was so the shorthorns became part of the history of the farm we had shorthorns and it was still do um for you know over a hundred years
0: what were the first years like for them i know there's probably some really great successes but also some challenges and hardships they may have had to go through how were those first years for
1: them you know i it doesn't seem like it must have been too bad because my great grandpa when he bought the farm that original 40 and rented the rest Um, you could see in the abstract where every few years he'd take out a loan um, which maybe was sizable at the time a couple thousand dollars but it was a short time and they'd have that paid off again Um, so some of it could have been to, to finance and buy the rest of the farm or they added on to the barn it was a uh, just a fifty foot old stone foundation dairy barn, and then they added another fifty feet onto that one to make it a so I imagine some of those loans had to you know be for that at the time and then my my one of my uh, my grandpa was born there, and one of my great uncles. He told me that they added on to the house in 26, the year that they knew they had and and bought the rest of the farm. They they added on because there was eight kids in a a two-bedroom house. And they separated one of the bedrooms with a wall, and the girls stayed on one side and the five boys on another. Um, So um, it's kind of a unique... uh, well, maybe it wasn't unique at the time, you know, but um, uh, we really liked being able to save that old old farmhouse. And my wife actually said when we got the farm, and oh, we should just burn it down, you know. But um, I, it, there's so much history there. I, I hated to hated to do that. So we invested the money into uh, trying to to save that. And as we're doing with the barn right now, there's a lot of. Uh, Uh, work that needs done on the barn. We had a guy come out and look at the stone wall uh, just last week, and he goes, these barns are money pits, he said. (laughs) You can keep putting more and more and more into them, but it takes a lot of money to save these 150-year-old barns. So that's why you see a lot of them going down and not being uh, saved anymore.
0: So you kind of already touched on my next question. What improvements and changes are being made since then, to now, to get it to where it is today?
1: Besides the old farmhouse, we moved three houses onto the farm that were going to be torn down. Not as old as the original farmhouse that's there, but we live in one, and then we brought in two others for our kids to live in, and they all moved away. So we rent those um, right now. One, one, the old farmhouse to my mother-in-law, she stays in that one, she's 92. So it's nice having her right close, right next door there. Um, but we rent the cropland out to some cousins of mine now, cause we're retired and they're dairy farmers, not too far away. And so we still have some family uh, running the cropland and we still have some beef cows ourselves and, and take care of the pasture and, and a little bit of hay ground.
0: How was the farm passed on from generation to generation?
1: Well, my great grandpa, he died in 1941, fairly young. Um, so my, one of my great uncles, Uncle Spencer, which we found out after we buried him, his real name is Theodore. We had Spencer put on the gravestone because we didn't know that until afterwards. Um, so Spencer had the farm for a long time and he uh, took care of his, his mom, the widow, my great grandma in the house. And so the family owned it as an estate for a while until at some point, I think it was early 60s, they sold it to him for a dollar. The rest of the family just sold it to my great-uncle Spencer. So he farmed until he was in his 80s, and my dad had helped him, but it kind of skipped a generation there. My dad never owned the farm, but then uh, I stepped in, and when um, my great-uncle went in the nursing home and was ready to sell it, and we bought it, my wife and I, from uh, him in 96, I think, yeah.
0: So what are some of your favorite memories that you have from growing up on the farm and just being involved? Well,
1: since my dad had his own farm um, on the other side of Dodgeville, but he would, since Spencer was getting older, he would come and help him hay or put in crops or take care of cattle. Um, So I was there quite a bit, but mostly I remember As they were haying, I was big enough or old enough to go out with a shovel and cut thistles, and I would get paid a dollar to go out for a few hours while they're making hay to cut thistles in a certain part of the pasture. Because my uncle Spencer, he never wanted anything to go to seed, and he had a really nice... Uh, clean pasture, and that was, um, you know, his pride and joy that um, they would keep any thistles from going to seed. So for years, not just myself, but other, either my siblings or other cousins or even just kids from town would come and cut thistles for the summer.
0: So what do you think makes your farm unique? Whether that's something that was makes it unique from the past or now? One of the things that um, makes it unique when I meet other people. Is they say, you know what? We remember coming to Dodgeville to buy Shorthorn. For the show cattle, because uh, back in the days when their children were young, most of the people wanted a Shorthorn calf to show. And then we'd say, well, that—that's you know Uncle Spencer's farm, and that's the farm that we have now. And it's—it's it's kind of a treasure to know that people would would look for that.
1: I mean, I don't know what else you know makes it unique except I—I I tell people we're very close to Dodgeville. We're just a mile west of the of the city, so it, it's nice for us to be that close to get to town. On the other hand, you have that pressure of you know are my neighbors going to be selling and and developing and and how soon before it encroaches you know out to our our lot line
0: so what does the farm look like for the next generation
1: well, none of our kids stuck around, so they don't really have an interest in farming. But um, right now, my cousins have a dairy farm, and they have kids that are involved in their farm yet. And so it's, it's possible, you know, that it could s- stay in the family. Um, and we might, you know, my, my daughter might move back or a couple of them might move back eventually. Uh, we don't know. It's really up in the air right now.
0: And then, is there anything else that you would like to add about your farmstead, the history, or just being recognized? Well, we're
1: blessed to be in an area, I guess, where it, it's uh, we've got pasture and cropland. It's not all; it's not great cropland. It's rolling, um, and so we like the diversity aspect of, of having the pasture with the cattle, and and now it's beef cattle, um, plus some good cropland, and we can we can grow good corn um, on it, but. Um, I, I guess the oak savannas is one of my pride and joys of the farm. Um, and they were throughout a lot of Wisconsin. But um, the struggle is to now uh, maintain and keep those oak savannas growing. A lot of the oak trees are dying. And so it's uh, almost tempting to say no more beef cattle in the pastures until we get the oaks reestablished, if they can. Um, we don't, I, I mean, some people like a prairie. But I don't really want to see our farm turn into, you know, treeless pastures.
0: Peggy and Mickey James share the story of their family farm in Iowa County. You can listen to more of these farm stories at MidwestFarmReport.com. These stories are brought to you courtesy of Compeer Financial. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Sebecker.